Yeah, so my name is Rudy Neubauer. You either know me, my wife Almani in the front. And then I've got two kids as well, uh, Emma and Rudolf. Emma, we are, I don't know where Rudolf is roaming around. Um, yeah, it's, it's my second opportunity to, to um, preach in, in Jochen. And it's truly an honor for me to be here in the front this morning. And uh, yeah, you know you serve an amazing God when you see what happens in the morning. And I've said it so many times. When we come together, people tend to think we, we all get together before the time and we decide and this is exactly how this is going to go. Um, from the praying in the morning to the worship and then um, to the preach. But this morning, truly, I mean, if I can just give you guys a glimpse of what happened this morning. So we started off by Yichu um, sharing around through, uh, fruits and we need to bear fruits. And then Justin stood up and he said... Um, He's just sensing purification this morning. And when I started praying this morning, it was all about holiness. And then we st step into worship, and it's all about holiness and being holy and becoming more holy. So then you know it's from, from God. And then Andre as well, he shared a view in terms of just giving us a view of what that future state is going to look when we eventually get to heaven. And... Uh, we didn't get together, we didn't practice this at all, but it shows you how faithful the Lord is, is actually. So, yeah, if I can maybe just start um, the kind of work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm a technology architect. I know it's quite difficult, but it's almost the same as, as building houses. So you, somebody will give you a plan to say, this is more or less the house that I want to build. And then you need to sort of put plans together to, to build that house. But on the technology side is you need to understand the, the business and where the business wants to head. So it's a forward looking in terms of the vision they've got. So just remember that. So there's a vision in terms of where we're heading. And then it's my job to get people together to explain to them that is the vision. That's where we're sort of going. That's what we're going to build to take this organization forward. And then we need to put plans in place. We need to do things. It's not going to happen by itself. We need to be active and we need to start doing things for that end state to realize. So we're here today, we want to be somewhere else tomorrow, and that's where we need to go. So this message this morning is very much exactly around that. So looking at where are we currently um, from a time frame perspective. So currently where we're at, and then we know these necessary actions that we need to take. And over time, we will change, we will learn, we will grow. And it's so amazing, the notes that I write, wrote down here is walking the narrow road to be made holy in God. So that's that constant refining process where we get refined to be more holy because we are heading towards heaven. So to get there, it's a couple of things that's going to happen along the way. And then um, there's going to be persecution. We know that not the same as the, in the disciples, but we sometimes get that persecution from other individuals and sometimes our family members as well. And um, we're going to, there's going to be uh, pain and there's going to be unhappiness. Uh, we're not a prosperity preach, so there's definitely going to be pain. And we heard this morning, unfortunately, Anne's um, uh, father passed away as well. So his step stepdad passed away. So we're going to get that suffering. We're going to get persecution. Um, and I think it's all for us to just stay vigilant um, in our present situation. But we need to do those necessary actions, anticipation of what's going to happen. And my topic is Day of the Lord, and then in brackets, 
action plan. So it's really just to, what is the action plan for us, the things that we need to do. So if we can start off with the first uh, scripture that I'll be preaching uh, from this morning is in uh, Thessalonians um, 5, uh, 1, 5 from verse 1 to 5. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in the darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night nor to the darkness. Um, so this is Paul um, writing to the, the Thessalonian church in the, in the day. And the specific scripture, according to what I read, is about 20 years after uh, uh, Jesus Christ was, um, went to the cross and, and died for our sins. So it's literally 20 years after that. So it's quite soon after that. He's sort of painting this picture to say, these things that will happen, don't concern yourself with the times. You need to walk in the light there's things that's going to happen. But there's also another scripture, actually just before this, that talks to um, what will happen on that day. And it's almost what, what Andre touched on this morning. So if we can just go to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, it says, Brothers, we do not want to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not um, precede those who have fallen asleep. Sorry, I, I just need to take a quick step. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with those words. So he first, this was actually first in the letter, and then later on, he explained to them, okay, this is, this is the, the end view, if you can, can almost uh, picture that. So that's where we're heading towards. But where we are today, there's a couple of things that needs to happen before we can get there. And that is my message for you guys this morning. Just going through this specific uh, piece of scripture and uh, trying to unpack that uh, for you guys a little bit this morning. So in, in the first verse, in First Thessalonians, it talks um, about where it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. So we know that, it, that those times and, and dates at that stage, and the way that he explained it to them is, um, there will be a time and date, but don't get fixated around that time and date, because we can easily get stuck and try and figure out exactly when is the Lord coming. And we know there's a lot of people that in media would say, but because of certain things that's happening, the time is close, it's going to happen, and they try and predict this date. But I can assure you that that date, nobody knows that date. And if you go to Mark 33, verse 32, it clearly depicts there, no one knows about the day or hour 
not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. So that is Jesus Christ when he was walking on earth. Not even he knows that date and time, so nobody can predict it. But only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. Do not, uh, you do not know when that time will come. So he's very specific around we will, we will definitely know, don't know that time. So don't get fixated trying to figure out exactly the time, time and date. But I think what is quite important is there's obviously these seasons and we need to understand the seasons. Um, I also just want to go to Acts 1 verse 6 to 8. Um, so when uh, they met together, they asked him, Lord, are, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And the disciples asking Jesus. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the time, nor the date the Father has set by his own authority. So just another example of nobody knows that time. But I think what's quite important as well is that we need to study Scripture because Scripture actually reveals to us. So we, don't need, we should not be ignorant to say we don't know what's happening because you can see Scripturally and you can see what happens in the world. And I believe it's quite crucial that we understand more the seasons than really the dates and the times and also see what's happening in the world around us. In terms of, we just spoke about earthquakes, we, we speak about wars. And if you, look, if you read through Revelations, it's quite clear how this is going to play out. So don't be ignorant, be awake, and look at those signs of the, of the times. And then the second part of that scripture, if you can go back to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 3, uh, verse, uh, just go to verse uh, 2 for me, please. One Thessalonians, For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So I was thinking and I was praying about this. What does it actually mean? Because if you think of a traditional faith, it's somebody that sneaks in. You don't know that person is there and he, he comes to, to steal something. But what the Lord is, is trying to tell us in this example, I believe, is it will come sudden. But we as Christians, as believers, people walking in the light, we will know, we will recognize when it happens. And I think uh, Andrew a while back used that words, this is that, and it's going to be exactly this. So we will see when the Lord comes. The unbelievers won't recognize what's actually happening at that stage. But because we've got the word of, of, of God and because we've got the Holy Spirit inside us, we will recognize as soon as that thief arrives. And there's loads of scriptures around this. I'm just going to read some of them. In 1 Peter 3.10, it talks about the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will uh, disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So you can hear as well, it will definitely not be sneaky and it won't be silent. If I read that specific scripture, what it tells me, there's going to be a mighty roar. And we as Christians most probably are going to stand back and think to ourselves, what is happening here? But then... We will know this is that. This is exactly what we saw in Scripture. And the unbelievers will be totally confused. And they, don't, they won't know what is actually happening at that stage. Um, just a couple of things that I noted down here. Um, it will be unexpected. Um, but we need to be awake. We need to be prepared. We need to be connected to the Holy Spirit. We need to be ready of the day of Jesus' return will bring judgment on the world. So there's also for me another side to the coin. 
is we focus very much on what will happen to us as believers. But the sad thing is, there's a lot of unbelievers in the world. And that's what's sort of pulling my heart, is while we're walking out this journey um, in this current state, in this current world, with all the persecution, all the other stuff that's happening, there's also unbelievers that's walking next to us that we need to pull in. So there's a specific command while we're walking out this journey is that we also need to, like the disciples, go out and share the good news and dis disciples individuals as well. So it's quite important that we do that. And then just to be spiritually awake and ready and alert for that day. So that's a thief in the night. And then my next point is uh, the destruction will come on them suddenly. And that is verse uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 3, where it speaks, While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So when I read this, I was also reminded, there's another scripture, and I want to jump back to, to that scripture. So that's the, the looking back. So sometimes some of these things have actually taken place. So we need to take cognizance of the fact that it happened in the past, so it potentially could be the same. It's not to say um, God will do the same thing over and over, but I think it's quite important scripturally just to look back. So if you can just go back to Luke 17, verse 23 to 29, it says, Just as it was in the day of Noah, so also it will be in the day of the Son of Man. So it talks directly, Son of Man, when Jesus is going to uh, appear on the clouds, exactly in the day of Noah, People are eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them, them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So in both these examples, if you look back, Noah was instructed to build an ark for, the, for, for God and to take certain animals into the ark and his family into the ark. And while he was building, people were carrying on with his, their lives. Similar to us today, where people are saying, there's going to be an end date, there's going to be an end time. We need to preach that to say, that day is going to happen. We don't know exactly the time and date. We can look at the seasons, but we know it's going to happen, same as in Noah, Noah's time. And it's exactly the same in Lot. When Lot left Sodom and Gomorrah, God rained down on them. So it will happen. I think there's a lot of people that's misled, um, that think that day most probably won't happen. But I can promise you, if you look scripturally at it, that day will come, and it will come sudden. I think that's one thing that stands out for me. And we need to be prepared once again. Um, and... Uh, it talks about the pregnant women, and uh, if you read up in terms of pregnant women, it's not something that you can stop. So if, that's, if it starts like a pregnant woman giving birth, it won't stop. So once those actions start happening, we will recognize this is exactly what's happening. The second coming of Jesus Christ, this is what happened. We will hear the roars, but we will also know there's no, no way to stop it. So anybody that's walking in the darkness at that stage... It's very unfortunate for, for them because they will also recognize this is now happening and there's no way that I can stop it. I can maybe just share a, a quick 
a quick story of uh, pregnancy, and that was actually when uh, Rudolf was born. Um, I can remember uh, Almani, obviously we had Emma, so we knew exactly, she knew more or less what is going to happen. So she had her suitcase packed and everything, and we know, okay, the date is now near um, that Rudolf is going to be born, so we need to be prepared. So you can also take that back. Just make sure your suitcase is packed and you're prepared. So we were, we were thoroughly prepared for, for uh, his arrival. Obviously excited, looking forward to, to a son being born for us. And then that morning, very early morning, she woke me up to say, um, I'm going to go to the hospital. And I say, what, what do you mean you're going to go to the hospital? Just wait, I need to get Emma ready. We'll jump in the car and we'll go with you. And she said, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. You stay here, you prepare for school. She was three years old, so you take her to school and then you can, you can meet me later on at the hospital. I said, there's no way you can't do this. Luckily, we had an automatic car, so the next moment she convinced me. She's now pregnant on a literally last hour or whatever. She got into the car, fully pregnant, behind the steering wheel, drove all the way from her home in, in Eitzig all the way to Durbanville Medi Clinic, and then she like phones me, just make sure you're like here by nine o'clock, because nine o'clock they're going to do the C-section and Rue's going to be born. So just make sure that you're here in time. So that was, yeah, that was actually a quite funny, interesting one. Uh, our, our son was actually born. But I think that the things that I can take out of that is be prepared. We need to be prepared. We sang quite a bit around the holy. So that's the holy purification. So we need to make sure that we walk in the light on a daily basis, that we connect it to the Holy Spirit. When this sudden destruction come, that we not caught off God, and that we are connected to the Holy Spirit to also guide us. Um, and the birth was also, if you look at the birth, is those birth pains that we're going to experience as we get closer and closer to that end date, uh, when the Lord, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to start feeling those birth pains. But it's also for us, I think it's going to be a lot of sadness in the world, but for us as Christians that's walking this path, we're going to be so happy. It's a new earth, it's a new, it's a new life that's going to be created. We're going to be joined with our Heavenly Father, and it's really something we can look forward with joy. It's like a birth, a new child coming along. You're so excited, you've waited nine months, or maybe even longer for that. So that excitement, if you're not a parent yet, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but I can promise you something that you look forward uh, and that you're quite excited about. And then the next, my next point, and that is the, the last one, um, and that talks to the, the last verse 4 and 5 in 1 Thessalonians, um, where it says, But you, brothers, are not in the darkness, so that that day should surprise you like a thief. So it's looking back at that thief and said, You will not be surprised. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night nor to the darkness. Yeah, so this one as well, um, we need to walk that narrow road. I think we spoke about this this, this morning. Um, in verse 16, it also talks about rejoice always, pray continually, um, and giving thanks to the Lord in all circumstances. I think this morning we said over and over, and if I look at my notes, it's actually so quite profound that I wrote down here holiness because God is holy. And I wrote this down last night. Specifically, this is one thing that stood out for me. So there's five points. As, I, as Ant normally says, 
we're landing the plane, but I rode down here docking the ship and parking the car this morning as well. So we're definitely coming in for a landing. So there's five points um, that I just want to stand still um, with. And it, um, we need to first and foremost uh, share the gospel and make disciples of the, of the nations. We can't be stagnant. We, we need to constantly learn. We need to constantly grow as Christians as well. And we need to share that good message because if we don't do that, nobody else will do that. And we know scripturally as well is it's a direct instruction from Lord. We need left his disciples. That was his one big instruction that he gave them. Go out and make disciples of the nations and share the good word. And then the other thing is we should not be walking this journey with our eyes towards the ground, waiting for that time to lapse. I believe what the Lord is saying this morning and he laid upon my heart is to look up, look at those signs, those signs that we're going to see in the times and the world around us. We shouldn't be ignorant to that. We should recognize that. And then living righteously and in expectation, anticipation of God, but also not only his coming, but that he can do the unexpected. I think that's the other thing. He can still make that decision. We can read through Scripture and we can see, okay, there's going to be birth pains. There's a lot of things that need to happen, wars and a lot of other things. If you read through Scripture, that still needs to happen. But God can quickly intervene, and we saw that in the day of, of Noah, or even Sodom and Gomorrah, more specifically, where he made a decision, and that was his final decision. He decided, up to here, no longer. So be expected for the unexpected. And then my fourth point is... Um, we should be spiritually awake, alert, and connected to the Holy Spirit. And that's something that we pray for constantly, is to make sure that we stay connected, stay connected with the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit, where do we need to do, what do we need to do, where do we need to go? Also that purification process, what are some of the aspects in my life, Holy Spirit, that you want me to change? Open up my heart. Open up my spiritual ears. Open up my spiritual eyes so I can see the Lord. We actually sang it this morning. So it really touched my heart as well. It's that purification process. I spoke, I think, um, a few weeks back around silver. Um, I actually heard somebody share this uh, one time with me. Is How do you know? So the purification process of silver, how do you know that silver has gone through the purification process and it's 100% silver? And the answer is, if you can see your reflection in the silver, we will only be purified when people can see Jesus' reflection in us. That is the purification process. So today, if there's nothing else that you take out of what I shared this morning, is to be holy and for God to purify you up to that stage where you start reflecting Jesus Christ to the Lord. And then my last point I've got in here, um, as children of the light, we have turned away from darkness, sin, and ignorance, and embraced God's truth and righteousness. And then the last sentence, ultimately, our response of Christians to the second coming of Jesus Christ is one of hope, is one of joy, it's one of anticipation, as we look forward to, bring, um, to being reunited with our Lord and Savior, and to be living in his internal kingdom. And I think what touched my heart this morning was exactly what Andre shared as well, is what will happen when we get into heaven. We will sing to God, 
holy, 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 and the angels will be singing with us. There will no longer be any pain, any suffering, and that's what we need to look forward to. But there's also a realization for me this morning is we're still on this earth. Although we walk out our way with the Lord and we've got His grace and we've got His love, we need to ask Him, and we actually sang it this morning as well, pour out your power, pour out your love, because we need to love one another. We need to love people that are still in sin, but we need to rely on God's power to actually support us on this journey. So that was my message that I wanted to share with you guys this morning. I know it was quite, quite short and quite compact, but we had such an awesome worship this morning. So, yeah, thank you for this uh, opportunity to, to share. And I, I do believe this is God's heart to encourage you guys in this time to take note of exactly His instructions until we wait for the second coming of the, our Lord Jesus Christ.